You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 171, where we will be jumping into City of Lost Souls with the prologue and chapter one, The Last Council. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. That, the, the C words are hard in this because I, I'm like, because I don't, I learned this about myself and I didn't know that it was a thing, but I only read like the first few letters of a word before I move on because I already know what the word is, right? So there's no mm-hmm. sense in me trying to okay. read the entire word. Um, so the C, C words are hard in this series because you don't know if it's going to be console or council. And so I have Dude. to kind of like uh, stop myself to actually read the rest of the word. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes even if you read it, your brain corrects it differently for some reason. Mm-hmm. <sighs> are you guys excited? I am. I'm ready. I really do. Like I know we talked about the book being boring or whatever, but... Right. It's been so long since I've read it, and reading it this yeah. way might yeah. make it more exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to spice it up with each other. Uh-huh. I'm going to make this not actual make spice. you can't keep. Yeah, not actual <laughs> spice, okay? Like fun. <sighs> it's going to be salt, not Cajun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listen, it is Monday, okay? It is. And we got a message over the weekend that I read and I haven't responded to because I didn't have cell phone service. Mm. So I will respond after we're done with this and you'll never know and I wouldn't have had to say anything, but I just felt guilt. It's the guilt in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, their message was basically like, I'm glad your mom can't tell who's who because I can't tell who's who either because <laughs> your guys' voices sound so similar. <laughs> And to me, obviously, I know the difference. And I'm like, mine's more high-pitched or, you know, Amanda has a radio voice or whatever. And I just think it'd be really funny to be, like, on a game show or, like, a debate. So every time before you have to start talking, you have to say your name. Mm -hmm. And then you know who's what's being said. So it'd be like, uh, Robin, yeah, I think he's like this. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then I would like, start doing that like in person and stuff all the time if uh-huh. we had to do that mm-hmm. on accident. Yeah. yeah. I just think that's funny. And then I was like, in my head, I was like, well, Kristen goes first. Like her mm-hmm. section's always first. Amanda's always in the middle and I'm always at the end. But I feel like you know that and it's the commentary in between. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we're all fucking yabbering on a subject, especially if we're laughing, like, because you can tell our laughs apart, but you can't tell whose words belong to whose laugh, right? <laughs> so it's just chaos. Uh, I love it. That sums us up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it is a ladder. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, so all the references okay. are coming out. Did you watch House I'm almost of done with The Last of Us. Robin, why are you re-watching Game of Thrones if you haven't watched House of the Dragon? Okay, listen. I watched the first part of the episode of the first episode of House of the Dragon. And I was like, I really want to watch Game of Thrones. I I don't think you need to watch one to have watched the other. Um no. but Omar and I want to watch it together and oh, okay. we have young kids and every time we have an opportunity um He's mechanically engineered incorrectly or correct. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm the one. I think I'm the problem. But 
Never. Um, You're perfect. His head hits the pillow and he literally falls asleep. Oh, he's an alien. He's a pod person. Even though I do the same thing. (laughs) There is no tossing, no turning, no nothing. He lays in bed and he is asleep. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, because obviously you can't watch that downstairs in the living room Mm -hmm. when you have young children. So we just haven't been able to watch it together yet. Okay, as long as it's just that you're waiting for Omar in order to watch it and not that you're just deciding not to watch it. No, okay I mean, I it. I finished King of the Hill. Oh, I didn't know what else to start. <laughs> and um, I was listening to the the one book, the Gilded Bones book, and I just need a break from it because I'm getting I, annoyed. I can recommend you a fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. I, I don't have time to go down the rabbit hole. And I think that it's my attitude at the moment that's making me annoyed with the book. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's actually, like, oh. I think the book itself is going to be a good book, but I have a sour attitude, so I need to shelve it for a little bit and then come back to it. Mood is important when it comes to reading. If you're not in the right, like, mood for the vibe of a book, it can ruin the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in the plot of that book mm-hmm. series. I really want to know how it is. It is a little in between stuff, and I'm just like, I roll, I roll, I roll. And so I'm like, it's probably me. I'm having a bad moment. So I need to come back. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm having that same thing with what am I reading? Chain of Thorns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a part that I'm just like, again, I'm sure it's the exact same thing. I'm sure it's me. But I can't get past it. It's it's really bothering me. Obviously, I can't wait to talk about it. Listen, if the editing, if, if it sounds unnatural, it's because it is. We had to take a moment to figure out what Amanda was talking about. And now we're back yes. on air. So, yes. and it's not on air. That. We're live. On we're record. On the air. It's my on favorite record. thing. I want to get a sign that says on the air. Yeah. Like uh, Fraser Crane. Coming to you live from the Pacific Northwest. Except yeah. Niles. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to let that die. We just, nobody will understand. Nobody's ever going to understand you. You don't have no. to. That's just weird. It's fine. The dad is more handsome than Niles. And oh, the he's dad like is also very 85. handsome. He's I, very I handsome. mean, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. It doesn't do it for me. The dad or Niles yeah. or both or Frasier, anybody on that show. Anybody on that. Oh, well, no, Daphne, Daphne can get it, but everybody oh, else. Yes. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roz. I mean, she's the best part of the show. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Daphne and Roz are the only ones that can get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I could see Niles like... You're at a piano bar. You're like a bottle of wine in and you're like, eh, all right. Like I could see that, but. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, ooh, you sound like Sideshow Bob. Is that, is that <laughs> Frazier? <laughs> that does his voice, right? Yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, I love it. All right. Robin, how is- did you feel not having to recap? I was so exhausted that it felt great. Yeah. Usually I'll write my script the night before and then I'll write the recap the day of because 
I don't know. I'm lazy. Right. And I was like, ah, both. Nope, don't have to. Awesome. Or maybe you're not lazy. Maybe that's just your process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I tell myself to make myself feel better. I like that. Good job. It's I my like creative it. process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> and um, I am not giving up on a nickname for Sebastian. Okay? It's not happening. And we're in the thick of it and we need to figure something out. I have a... I have one to try on. So okay. we'll Ooh, see. I love it. Okay. I love it. Okay. We'll slip into it. We're, let it let it happen naturally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh oh my gosh. Okay. So are we do we have anything else to add or do we want to just kick it off? Kick yeah. it. Yeah. Kick no, it out. Not Robin's recap because we don't fucking need one. We're jumping straight in. Um <laughs> we're going into the prologue. Once again, we're opening with Simon's POV. Um, which honestly is just, it, it's positive. It, it's a positive start. Okay. He's standing <sighs> out. Sort of. I don't know. After the first sentence, it's not exactly a positive start. That's yeah. fair. So he's standing outside his childhood home, melancholy as fuck. Um, and he like lets the nostalgia wait, wash over him before he remembers the last time he was there and how his mother had reacted to what he was. Um, our questions are answered though, because remember we had that debate where we're like, what kind of fucking magic did Simon use? He used va- a vampire glamour to like make his mom forget um, the whole, like your son's a bloodsucker ma thing, you know? Okay. <laughs> I was I I could not commit to a full Hagrid, so I went with whatever that little mm-hmm. jaunt. Mm-hmm. Was. I knew that's what you're going for. I like yeah. it. Um, but as we all know, Simon is no Magnus Bane, um, and the assortment of protective sigils painted over his mother's uh, door, much like Robin's, um, <laughs> told him from his vampire magic, uh, told him that his vampire magic had worn off. <laughs> like, I feel like she knows. <laughs> like that song, that TikTok song. <laughs> she knows. So Simon touches the mezuzah uh, beside, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm trying my very best. Um, Beside the door and like disassociates as it burns his hand. And so I I made sure like I got the definition. So I'm going to read you guys the definition of it. um, And then we'll talk about it. I've I've seen one of these. I I wonder if any of you guys have. So uh, a mezuzah is a small decorative case, uh, which do it. Uh, which Jewish households attach to the door to the right door frame of the entrance of their home. And in fact, the word mezuzah uh, mean, means doorpost in Hebrew. This practice uh, has been a Jewish tradition for thousands of years, and it plays an important cultural role in defining Jewish identity. So it's basically like a like a metal engraved like with it like looks like a scroll and it's engraved oh, okay. with this Hebrew like uh prayer i believe um i had to google it but it's like you know on your door is like you know your projection or whatever and then also it's mentioned that she included like a a hamsa with is that how you say hamsa it's the hand the um hold on now i have to now i have to google it because i don't want to 
attribute it to the wrong culture. Hold on. Um, dates back to ancient Mesopotamia. So the hand of Miriam in Judaism and the hand of Fatima in Islam. Um, it's known as both, but it dates back much longer. Um, so like there was, my point was, is that she, she was not holding back. She's like, I'm using everything I got. Yeah. I'm throwing, throwing it all, it all. over. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So it's I like I really like that she adds little pieces especially because my complaint from the earlier half of this series like I always talk about it as split because it feels like two different series right like even though they're the same characters they're very different in terms of like development but in the first part the first three books Simon felt very, like, the fact that he was Jewish felt like an afterthought. But Uh I think that was mostly because we weren't in his POV. And so, like, when he became a vampire, that's kind of when it started to mean something. Like, like, because it affected his life, right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. just like, oh, this is his religion and his ethnicity and culture and and all of that. Like, but he's also just, you know, a, a kid from fucking New York, right? But as he became a vampire, then all of a sudden now it plays a much bigger role in his life. And I really appreciate that they're bringing in little bits of those things that like, because this makes the whole thing, the fact that he like disassociated and he's like, I can't smell my flesh burning, right? Like it's so much more emotionally impactful for him as a character. And it says so much about him and where his journey is going that I just, I, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I like it when characters actually... have something like an identity, like what is something yeah. that makes you, you so many times characters are like used as like a proxy for the reader. So they're very blink. Like they, they Bella Swan them. And I like characters <laughs> to have like something. He's got that. What makes you, you. Yeah. Yeah. Why are, what makes you, like, what are your morals? What are your values? What, you know, what makes you think the way you think? I don't know. And you were going to say something, Amanda? No, I just, this actually made me very emotional. Yeah. Listening to him try to, it, I felt for Simon. (gasps) It was very sad. Shit. Just imagining being a mother and, like, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, I don't have to imagine being a mother. You know what I'm saying. Right. right. We do. Okay. So, um, and that is also why I made this part as funny as I could because I was uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, since he can't very well knock because of all of the, the Bernie stuff. Um, he kicks the door, begging his mom to listen, but Mama Lewis is out of pocket at the moment and cannot be reached. Um, I don't really blame her, obviously. She's living her own personal horror movie where her child has been murdered and the monster who snatched his face is now pleading for her to open her door, which is like, roll unero numero. Wait, numero uno. (laughs) Numeral, Roman numeral, Uno. <laughs> Fuck, I'm 
stupid. Anyway, this is some like urban level shit. Urban legend shit. Next level urban legend shit is what I wrote. I'm sorry. So he asks about his sister. And that sets his mom off. Like, she's, in her eyes, she's already lost one child. And she'll be fucking damned. Which I get. I absolutely get. And, um, her, like, mama bear instincts kick it in. And thankfully, Simon has instincts of his own. Because his vampire hearing lets him know that his mom just walked into the kitchen and started shuffling through the knife drawer. (laughs) And he's like, oh shit. He promptly scoots his booty elsewhere before he's, he inadvertently, inadvertently salts his own mother. <laughs> I told you this episode would be salty. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, Poor Simon, he's struggling. It breaks my heart when he tries to remind himself that his mother doesn't actually hate him, that she just doesn't understand. Given his previous bout of self-loathing in Fallen Angels, I'm fairly certain that sad boy Simon is here to stay. (sighs) Can you blame him, though? No. I mean, I I find it a, a little better. You fine oh you me. you like sad boy Simon? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually feel sorry for him, whereas before I hated him, right? <laughs> so, so now he's going through the the suffering that he needs to to be redeemed, right? It, he deserved this, but yeah, it's still sad <laughs> to be a child. Karma. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So apparently the reason there was no epilogue in the last book is because this one starts right where the other one left off. Um, It's the same Mm. night and Simon is wallowing as his phone buzzes. And guess what? It's Clary calling for a little midnight chat. Oh, and to let him know that when Maris went up to the roof, Jason and Sebastian were both gone. So whoopsie daisy. (laughs) So Simon must have just like left there and gone straight home. Like, he was yeah. feeling sad that nobody cared about him. And he's just like, I gotta go. Well, he had I, that talk with Luke where he was yeah. like, you want to come stay at, with me at my house tonight? Oh, and right. he was like, I'm going home. But actually home. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, traumatic event. He's like, I just want, I want mm. the people that love me who love me unconditionally. And, you know. Feel oh, safe fuck. in your own bed. Just seeing your, your best friend with her parents who love her. And then going to your house and having your mom treat you like that, who's your your last parent, you know? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck. Dude, parent, no one can fuck you up like your parents can, brah. This is true. Yeah. They just, they, they installed the buttons. They know how, they know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so, moving on to the actual chapter... We're in Clary's point of view, chillin', while not so chill, in Izzy's room at the Institute, waiting for the clave to reach a verdict. And, like, quick sidebar, I adore Izzy's room. The way it's described, like, she is a true mid-aughts queen. Like, the hot pink, the boas, the glitter, the, like, magazine. Like, I just... Yeah. That was... God, that was high school. <laughs> but she has zebra print in there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh huh. And pink feathers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
maybe um Paris paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Certainly love spell. Oh. Love it. You cannot tell me that Izzy is not a love spell girl. Agreed. Like, there's no way Izzy is a cucumber melon. I'm sorry. Absolutely. No, that's Clary. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I feel I can see Clary wearing that blue mascara also. Oh, okay. I did that. Purple yeah. lash. Purple. Mine was Avon because my mom sold it. Okay. Of course. Um, me being a stickler and annoying, did you – this is two weeks post. Yeah, I, I'll get to it, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm annoying. Okay, so Sorry. where are we? That's fine. Um, okay, so Izzy assures her that it won't be long, but Clary is well and truly fallen into the doom spiral. She's like, I'm lost. Um, it's all Echo. <laughs> yeah. It's all closing in. Uh, she'd left Jace, and now he's gone. Like, she's doing that trauma thing where you replay the moment over and over a kajillion times on a loop until – you think you're having a heart attack and you make your husband take you to urgent care where they do an EKG and blood work and tell you that you just have anxiety and to manage your stress levels and to also lose weight because God forbid a healthcare worker in America resists the urge to tell a woman in her 30s that her life would, wouldn't be oh so improved if she only stopped exceeding her daily caloric intake and dropped 30 pounds, all her fucking problems would melt away. No? Just me? Okay. Hell no, not just you. I went in. This to is get... why I hate going to the doctor. <laughs> what moles looked at? No, it mm-hmm. was a sebaceous cyst. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, some sort of cyst. It was a black spot, and melanoma runs in my family. So I went in to go get it looked at. And the notes, the lady wrote four times. Like, patient is obese. Like, I'm getting a mole looked at. Four right. times <laughs> is excessive, ma'am. And it was like, how does patient look? And I think that usually that's supposed to be like um, good color, alert. Uh-huh. She just said patient is obese. On how does she look? What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's what that's for. Because <sighs> it was a resident, not like a doctor. What is wrong? I said with that people? right, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think they're technically just... doctors, but not really. Right. Doctors in training. All doctors with training uh-huh. rules. Well, they, she had another person come in to double check to make sure that she was seeing what she saw. And she was very nice and didn't say anything to my face. But. Yeah. Fun. You I have just, to know. I feel like I might even have said that story here before, but it was just funny. Fuck these people. Anyway. Not these people. I meant. The patriarchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I still support healthcare workers, okay? I just think they should go to sensitivity <laughs> training. <laughs> I just think that not everything, like, I get being overweight because can be connected to certain diseases. For sure. I get a it. lot of things. Absolutely. My knee pain, I'm probably going to get knee pain before somebody else. I understand that. But not everything is based right. on that. Well, and, and the problem that a lot of, specifically women come across because it's way worse for women than it is for men um is that they don't want to listen to anything you have to say until you lose weight you're not Mm -hmm. worthy of their care until you do what they think is 
you know, oh, well, that's the primary reason. All the rest of the stuff will fall away. And then you do lose the weight and they're like, oh, I wonder why, why didn't you come in earlier? I did, but you fucking wouldn't do anything. Because apparently being fat means I'm unworthy. Yeah, it's a fucking pain in the ass. And I hate fucking everybody at the doctor's. Yeah, that's basically 90% of my fertility journey was yeah. talking about my weight. And it yeah. was not, it, ours was not female factor. Yeah. It had nothing to do with me. Dude, I will say of any, like Kaiser is pretty good for women advocate mm-hmm. and healthcare and stuff so my I'm pretty... favorite gyno was at kaiser uh-huh. it's the I'm same pretty one lucky uh-huh. with that yeah uh-huh. oh anyway and the doctor that did put that on my kaiser thing was visiting from another hospital just <laughs> so you know. you're like i feel validated right <laughs> i thought we were safe here <laughs> Oh, God. This is supposed to be a safe space. (sighs) Okay. So, anyway. I guess Clary's upset about her boyfriend or whatever. So, we get an instant replay of what happened. (laughs) She left Jace to go down and meet her mother. While she was in the lobby, Maris and Kadir went upstairs to check on Jace and Sebastian. um, And, like, assess the scene, right? So... Shit started to pop off a few minutes later when Maris comes down looking shook as fuck. Uh, Once everyone jumped into action, no, yes, once everyone jumped into action, they had found, like, the shattered remains of Sebastian's coffin and a whole lot of blood on the roof. Uh, Magnus tried to track Jace, but that would only work if he were alive. Um, And there's a lot of, there was a lot of blood, so they were like, eh, we don't know. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And it was, like, right when they were discussing that, that Clary's body finally gave out, probably from shock. Um, And for once, Jocelyn was there to catch her daughter. (laughs) Nice. Amazing. So then, you guys, guess what? Read all about it. The next morning, Clary woke up. (laughs) Shocking. I know. So she's back in her room at Luke's, um, and so she's got her clothes. So she throws on some clothes and heads out to search for answers because she's like, ah, shit, uh, the Morgenstern ring is still not around my neck, so last night must have been real. Where's my man? So her absentee mother, Daddy Luke, and Sad Boy Simon are all gathered <laughs> in the living room, <laughs> seemingly waiting around uh, like NPCs for Clary to wake up and start their adventure. <laughs> So, yes, they still haven't found Jace um, or Sebi for that matter. Uh, but the clave had identified the blood on the platform to be Jace's. But relax, like it wasn't like as much as they thought. It was mixed with like whatever kind of amniotic fluid <laughs> Sebastian was floating in. Mm. <laughs> it's reminding me of the Matrix, the pods in the Matrix. Uh huh. Yeah. So Clary is like assuring herself that like if Jace died, she would have known. And I'm like, yeah, okay, bitch. Like, fuck. totally. Yeah, because that's how real life works. No, you know how real life works. You're in the middle of fucking buttering your toast, and you get a call. <laughs> like that's yeah. how real life works. <laughs> so. 
Clary wanted to do something to help, um, but with no leads, she's at a loss. Unfortunately, the next step was decided for her in the way of a summons from the clave to testify before the mortal sword, which is, like, not great. Jocelyn's real upset about this. <laughs> so that was two weeks ago, and countless witness. Oh, that was two weeks and countless witness testimony ago. Uh, she'd spilled all the beans and then some, telling the clave about, like, all about Vitang summoning Raziel and her stealing the angel's wish from her father and then, like, having, wishing for him to bring Jace back from the dead and then the whole Lilith and J- Jace being possessed thing. Like, she really, she laid it all out. <laughs> and they were not... Happy. I also have something. Oh, I have a yeah. question. Go ahead, Amanda. You go first. No, no, you go first. You raised no. your hand first. Okay, I, know, but I, just, I talk more mine's than a you. comment. Okay, mine was just. I thought it was funny because she, when she was explaining how she changed her name in the sand from Vtangs to hers, she was just like, "Yeah, I just wiped the sand away and put my name on there," and that is what she did. But it just sounded so ridiculous when we were rehearing it this time. It was just like silly so that that was the thing that like shifted the tides of the war yeah (laughs) yeah so she got a favor from the angel for doing art on an etch-a-sketch you know and like really it's like it was written in like old runic language that she had to like use her special rune power to be able to read right Uh uh-huh in all actuality okay my question is and i I'm not going to flag this for spoiler content, but if I need to, and you're like, shut up, let me know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is, I have another thing where I say basically the same thing later in my section, but I just couldn't help but bring it up. So I don't know if this is shadow hunter canon in my head, um, or based on the broader series of work, or if it's something that we would have read before, but just in general, I feel like testifying with the mortal sword is a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's a big deal and a big punishment and a big, like, oh, my God. And it's just very nonchalantly mentioned how many times she's had to do it over the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I feel like especially for Clary, who is a newly Shadowhunter baby, like, that would be very difficult for her. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, like, washed over. <sighs> I understand. So I understand that like it's painful, right? But uh-huh. it doesn't leave any lasting injuries, right? Like it's painful, but you're not like dying, right? Like, like it's, it's, you're a fucking shadow hunter. You're literally a warrior. Like, okay. <laughs> so like the only thing that I think of as like, this must be seen as a much more, like, character-wise, mm-hmm. like, punishment. Like, you don't yes. trust my, you know, me and my word enough as, you know, a, a shadow hunter that you're making me do this to the mortals, you know, swear with the mm-hmm. mortal sword. You're forcing the truth instead of trusting that I would give it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and my opinion idea of the mortal Mm -hmm. sword was basically it's it's painful regardless but the like it's more painful the more that you're trying to not tell the whole truth or if you're trying to lie right it's like like drawing the truth out of you by like Mm -hmm. 
force basically pulling it yeah Uh uh-huh which but i just think like like oh my god the mortal sword like adult men are afraid of testifying under the mortal sword right and it's like she's had to do it so many times dude just kidding Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's like what like it's hard (laughs) right that was that was my only little bump Uh, on that I like it. So now she's sat in Izzy's hot pink bedroom, listening to the other girl reassure her that she didn't actually break the law since she wasn't the one that resurrected Jace. It's like, loophole. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. (laughs) And while she hadn't broken the law per se, the Claves still wanted to punish her for the aftermath. They're like, yeah, but you caused a whole lot of fucking problems. Slim shady aftermath. Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> so Clary's clearly in the bargaining stages of grief because she thinks that she'd rather them torture her her and lock her in the Bone City in exchange for Jace's safe return um, than sit there wallowing in guilt and doubt. I'm like, wow, okay. We can only, there can only be so many moody teenagers in one series. Yeah. We need to pick our battles. I rolled my eyes to that. For sure. It's like that David Sedaris story where it's like you're trying to bargain because you have a poop that's stuck in the toilet and you have to be able to flush. Like, if I, I just need to flush this poop, it has to go down. I swear I'll never do another bad thing in my life. <laughs> never do a bad poop again. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. So Izzy's having... Izzy, having years of practice growing up with two moody teenage boys, uh, yanked Clary from her journey down the rabbit hole of impending dune. Uh, They go back and forth, and Clary's basically on lockdown while trial is going on. Like, she's not allowed to, like, not parole. (laughs) Patrol. (laughs) She's let, they let her out on parole. Yeah. Oh, she's not allowed to patrol or anything. And Izzy has been like ride or die the whole process. Like her biggest defender. She's, you know, testified the whole fucking nine yards, which honestly, like, it's not surprising. She's the best. Like Mm -hmm. Izzy. Uh Yep. That's who Izzy is. Like, she's like, I know that we're not super close, but guess what? You're my best fucking friend now. Like, I've cleaned yep. you. She just yep. recognizes that she needs it. Yeah. Well, and honestly, with Jace being gone, mm-hmm. Izzy probably needs something to focus yeah. on. So it's probably good uh-huh. for both of them. Yeah. Um, okay. So Izzy notices the bell um, that Clary's got around her neck from the Sealy Queen. And she asks what it is. And Clary, like, is trying to consider how to answer. She's like, it's not a gift because... A fairy gave this to me, and fairies don't do nothing for nothing. <laughs> and she's like, she's, she's like tiptoeing around the thought that the Sealy Queen could be useful in her search for Jace, but she's like, I know this is a terrible idea, so I'm not really thinking about it, except I fucking am every second of every day. <laughs> not gonna do it, girl. She's getting desperate. <laughs> Okay, so before they can keep talking about it, Alec walks in and interrupts the conversation because it sounds like she didn't know, Clary didn't know where she was going to go with that, I don't think. So, (laughs) this was a good 
Saved by the Bell moment. <sighs> so Alec walks into the room and the girls sit up straight like they were doing something wrong almost. And I'm sure it was just they were talking about the the thing and then they're excited to hear the or anxious, I guess, to hear the verdict, whatever. Um, And so Alec sits down at Izzy's vanity table and um, Clary's POV is like, he's really big. He looks like he's sitting on doll furniture. Again, <laughs> how? He's not that big. We've already established this. And now it's starting to bother me. Okay. It's, it really <laughs> bugs me. <laughs> well, because also the, so, the implication there is that Alec is not just tall, that he's like, wa- like broad, like big, uh-huh. like a big manly man. And, and he's got really long legs and like, like, like long just, arms. Yeah, the only thing I think it was like a lumberjack, like like a giant well, like tree just, of a man. Like can a we not have him have a chin length hair either? Can we not? Wait, what? Does he? It says no. that he has chin length black hair. Absolutely, I fully reject that. I'm gonna find it while you do this, and I will read it. No, thank you because that's Alex looks have like Matthew Dario. I won't allow it. Period yeah. and stop. Yes. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. Okay, you find that. I'm gonna tell you more. So mm. he's clearly carrying a weight of emotions when he comes into the room. But he tells Clary that she has been cleared of any wrongdoing. Like Izzy said, Clary didn't break the law. Gia Gia, not Gio. <laughs> Gia Penhalo feels like um Clary's been punished enough, so she's good to go. And obviously, Clary is relieved that she's not going to be, like, locked up in the silent city or something. Like, you know, unable to help look for Jace because she's going to be able to save the day, clearly. So she um, starts to open her phone because she needs to post a status update on Facebook. Because it's, you know, 2008, 2009, we got to do that and then be embarrassed about it 15 years later. But Alex stops her and he's like, dude, I wasn't done talking. Don't pick up your phone yet. That's rude. Okay, listen. I found the passage. Okay. Uh, let's see. It, uh, Alec, Alec, Isabel's older brother, was dressed in council wear, a black robe figured with silver runes, open now over jeans and a long sleeve black t-shirt. All the black made his pale skin look paler, his crystal blue eyes bluer. His hair was black and straight, just like his sister's, but shorter, cut just above his jawline. Absolutely not. You snake hair? He, what did you say? He have snake, he's got he snape, snape hair. Snape hair, like <laughs> no! snapes on a plane. That's literally the first thing I fucking thought too. I was like, absolutely not. And it's That's straight. Weird. You can't even be like, oh, it's kind of like you know the wavy. Like, no. Wavy. I also think it's weird. I don't remember ever hearing this before, and maybe that's just another thing that I'm taking in a lot of information in this world. But why do they need robes, dude? I that's, I put it on mine robes. too. That is the part I put in. I cannot remember that being canon. Because the they're, they're wearing Potter? specific robes for it's, the council like meetings. Every, every member needs a robe? Where do they yes. keep it? Why have we never heard of this before? Right. And Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't what know. Are you a judge? I'm assuming, How did I forget that? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that we've heard that. Well, because they certainly didn't do it back in TAD. Mm-hmm. They were just wearing uh-huh. their normal ass clothes, so yeah. mm-hmm. maybe it's a Makes new tradition. Sense. I don't know. 
stupid one. All I can think okay. of is that Simpsons episode where he joins, like, he's trying. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What are the, like, the Masons? Like, he's trying to join the Freemasons. And oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That song. And they, like, spank That's his butt I, or something, yeah. right? It's all I can think yeah. of. Love that. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so. It wasn't okay. the verdict that took so long for them to deliberate. The wards around Wrangell Island, Wrangell, right? Saying that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they were broken through the day before, so that's become the priority, like the primary focus for the clave. They have decided to pri- deprioritize the search for Jace because they haven't been able to find out like any information. They haven't been able to track them at all, despite all of their efforts. Even Magnus has tried to use like tracking spells. And I think he was even using the Morgenstern ring, which is why she's not wearing it, you know. Uh-huh. And the Silent Brothers haven't been able to figure out, like, anything about the ritual that Lilith performed. Like, what its intention was. or Like, wh- what the fuck, dude? We have no information. So, there's a bunch of shit the Clave needs to focus on right now. Like, updating the new laws for the council and appointing a new consul and a new inquisitor. And so, they just, they don't have time. They don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for this. Mm-hmm. So Cleary is obviously mad. And Alec reminds her um, that for them, it's about finding Jace. But for the Clave, it's about finding Sebastian because he's a danger. Like, Jace gets a little bit of credit for being a hero in the mortal war. But otherwise, he's just a normal shadow hunter. And, like, they die and go missing all the time. So, sucks to suck. <laughs> but, like, you know, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they're just waiting for Sebastian to make a move um, so that they can give, like, so maybe they'll leave a trail or something and they'll have a lead. Um, but they expect everyone to just go back to their normal lives until something else happens. <laughs> and that super pisses Izzy off because that's what she was told to do after Max died was just to go back to normal life. Mm-mm. And obviously how how do you do that like you're missing a whole person that was part Mm -hmm. of your normal life you know so i guess it would be a new normal but still um she asks alec if their dad even came back from idris for the meeting and he says no and i think that's weird okay listen because i have a question jace's family tell me because i always have a question um and stop me if you have this in here because i didn't read ahead so Alec is trying to tell her, like, all of these people tried to vote in favor of Jace, but, like, uh-huh. we were overruled. And he mentions Brother Zachariah. Like, I didn't think silent brothers were part of council meetings. That's a good point. He did, yeah. I wonder if he was brought in because a couple of things. One, Jace was in the silent city before he was possessed and left. So he has, like, firsthand knowledge of, like, okay. what was going on. Um, and there's so much, like, unease and, like, instability within the clave right now that maybe having a silent brother that everyone trusts there is, like, helping, like, oh, he's going to help us get this shit together. Like, So, like, know. maybe he was there kind of as a witness. Yeah. And then as they're debating, he was just like, I'm not going to be quiet. Here's my opinion. Don't freaking uh-huh. do it. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, you're a member of this council. What's your opinion? Yeah. Right. That makes more sense. Just advocating for him. Because the Silent Brothers are basically like 
their elders or their wise ones or whatever. So, I mean, like, I feel like his his voice would be heard. I mean, obviously, not literally, but. <laughs> uh, he gets to, like, force his opinion. Yeah. He's right. like, bitches, you will listen to me. You will listen now. <laughs> God, that would be so cool. That would be so hot. Like, make my husband listen to me instead of, like, ignoring my voice. Mm-hmm. Selective hearing. That's what it's called, right? That's what he has. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Excuse me. Okay, that was a good question. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thank it was a good questions. answer, Kristen. You made me feel better. Because yeah. I'm like, is this just a plot thing? Like, mm-hmm. are you just mm-hmm. like in there because we know? But that right. makes more sense. Right. Yeah, I like it. Not a plot, an Easter egg, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't like, know what the right like word fan. to use is. Almost like a fan service. Like, well, I could have any character mm-hmm. be this person, but might as well be a character that we know and love. Uh-huh. But, like, but, yeah, but it, it does make sense. Like, it does make sense with the story. Yeah. yeah. It, I'm yeah. glad that I asked because I was like, eh. And you have a very mm-hmm. good explanation. So thank you. Beautiful. Anytime. Okay. So um, Clary asks Alec if he feels anything. She's like, do you feel anything? <laughs> and this fucking lights him up. He's like, dude, how dare you? Make it seem like Izzy and I care less about Jace than you do. She's like, oh shit, no, 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 no. That that's not that's not what I meant. That's not how I meant it. <laughs> She's like, I meant like through your parabatai rune, like your bond, whatever. Do you feel him? Like, tell me everything about that. That is all I meant. <laughs> so Alex said that he can feel that there's something like there's something seriously wrong here. <laughs> But he can feel that Jace is definitely still alive. So it's weird <laughs> to know that. Like, in, like, I, I don't know. That's just crazy. I like, I like the idea of Clary being like, oh no, fuck, don't choke me out again. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it, bro. Because well, I think She's she like says, do you back. even no, no, feel no. anything? Is I think yeah. how it actually, like, I think do you even feel does. anything? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. And at first I was like, whoa, message. dude. Whoa. Fucking aggressive. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, obviously, because Jace is still alive, Clary's like, let's fucking do this, man. So the three of them decide to do a search on their own. I mean, obviously, we knew this was coming. The kids want to save the day and everything. So the three of them decide to do this on their own, which is what I literally just said. Okay, so (laughs) Clary decides this is the time. She's going to tell them about the queen offering a favor and her way to contact the queen. They obviously have like a lot of discussions about trusting the queen and how it's not a good idea. And ultimately, Clary's like, listen. I'll shoulder the debt from the favor. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Jace would do this for me. Like, I'm all in. So um, she's going to do it. She just needs one of them to help because um, she needs, isn't, like, she says she's not good with translating fairy speak. And is that actually, like, a thing? Or is that just, like, interpreting their way of walking around the truth? I think, I think interpreting. Like she okay. doesn't have any experience, uh-huh. and she she done almost got herself trapped in fairy last time. 
That's fair. Well, and it's like the wind moves like the flower through the forest. I'm just like, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, bitches. That's what, what I was you talking about. <laughs> That's Lincoln's favorite thing to say right now. What are you talking about? And I'm like, literally what we were just talking about two seconds ago. Still. Anyway. What does mine say? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so Izzy offers to join her, of course. We knew that that would be who did it. Who done it. But who Alec insists that the clave already questioned the fair folks. So like this is pointless. They can't lie. They don't know anything else. Like what why are we going to do this? But C- Clary points out that they're like the clave was asking if they knew where Jason Sebastian are, not asking for help to find them. That queen bitch knows like everything. She knew about her dad, she knew about all of the other stuff. She's got to be able to help in some way. She's so, in everybody's um, business. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, of course, more talking about the dangers of it, and Alec is being a super protective big brother. So Izzy gets up and gives him a hug, and I was telling the girls that I was I was listening to the audiobook while I was reading this book, okay? I was telling you guys this. And in the book, it says she puts her arms around him, meaning she hugs him. In the audiobook, the narrator mistakenly leaves off the S on arms. And to me, it just completely changes the little scene right there. And not completely, but it would be awkward because she hugs him and whispers in his ear. And if she only puts <laughs> one arm around him and then like whispers in his ear, I think that's weird. <laughs> and you're like hung up on like recreating the scene. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anyway, that happened. So anyway, she gives him a hug and she whispers something to him and then he decides to go with them. He just needs to tell Magnus first. Not his parents, Magnus. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. You gotta um, tell his boo. You gotta tell mm-hmm. his boo. That's what I just said. That's what I said right here. Except oh. <laughs> I started on the sentence that you didn't put in there. So it sounds weird. Oh. And I just said Alex Sorry. shakes his head no. But it's because Izzy offered his phone, her phone to right. him. And it's like a battered pink razor phone is what it sounds like to me. And I love that for her. Same. Had and you same know thing. how the Verizon one was like pearlescent pink and the T-Mobile one was like hot pink? That mm-hmm. I had hot pink, baby. I had the T-Mobile pearl pink the and I feel like she was a hot pink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. It's not important. And I don't even know if it was Sadly, out by mine then. mine was silver. I'm embarrassed. Okay. okay. I don't even know what's Because what, I also had... It wasn't AT&T at the time. It was the other one that's now Sprint? AT&T again. Singular. No, they changed their name. No. Singular. That was Singular. it. Singular. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Whatever. They're all owned by <sighs> the same fucking old. companies anyways. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Keep talking. BlackRock, right? Owns everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Alec is like, no, I don't need your phone. My boo is downstairs waiting for me. Um, Along with Daddy Luke, who Clary's going to need to find an excuse to give him for not leaving when he does. And Alec tells her how Luke told him that Jocelyn is really sick over everything that is happening. And I'm going to just a little, I am going to unapologetically um, fangirl and like gas up Luke. So Mm -hmm. just be prepared for it. Okay, please do. So Clary says um, Jocelyn feels like sick over everything because she's blaming herself for birthing Sebastian. She's like, he came out of my vagina. This is all of my fault. And that just must be a Fairchild thing. Because Clary does that a lot too. 
like blaming yourself for things that couldn't possibly be your fault, which is also relatable for my melodramatic mind. I was going to say, so Robin's a fair child? Uh-huh. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. Well, I took seven breaths on Saturday instead of six, so it just happened. Yeah. It was a weird example, but I couldn't think of anything off the cuff. Okay, so Izzy says uh, that Jocelyn is blameless, and I know it's not important to the story, okay? I just want you to know that this is not a tidbit I needed to dissect so that we could better understand the plot, but I wanted to highlight what a freaking badass style Isabel has. And so it says, Isabel pulled her golden whip down from where it hung on the wall and wrapped it around her wrist so that it looked like a ladder of shining bracelets. Yes, whip thousand percent that is yep, my shadow yes. hunter weapon yeah yep. except she's wearing like a velvet corduroy whatever Sweater. gray top and i feel like that would just be very uncomfortable and itchy that is all mm. maybe it has that a cotton it. lining maybe <clears throat> i don't know but yes whip the trio make their way through the crowded institute Wait, i'm so sorry i had to interrupt really quickly this is like 2008 2009 yeah mm-hmm. 2008 uh-huh she's wearing an undershirt Oh, yeah. Yeah. With it's lace probably on the got bottom. the lace at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. She's at a tank top. <laughs> I have yeah. that shirt in every goddamn color. It's your emotional Everyone. support tank top. Yes. <laughs> I'm still wearing one. I mean, it doesn't have lace, but still undershirt. I'm almost yeah. 37, you guys. Dude, the best ones I ever had were at Costco in a two-pack, and they got rid of them, and I'm just, I've never recovered. I will never financially recover from this. I, I wish I would Walmart. be saying that because I bought like 70 of them. I wish. Yeah. Well, dude, the ones at Walmart, they're just too short. Mm. Oh, to Mac, yeah. If you will. For you. Gotta yep. have it. They're perfect yep. for me. Okay. Sorry. Um. Okay, they're getting ready to gear up. They're going to go. So they're making their way to the crowded institute. And making my way. Okay. Clary's thinking about how the staring eyes from the other shadow hunters, like, she's like thinking about, like, oh, you know, when I first got here, all these people kept fucking staring at me. They kept whispering V Tang's daughter to each other. Quote verbatim from the book V Tang's daughter. And it just made her upset. And she like really got to her, but now that she's testified in front of the council so many times, she has since given no fucks. She does not care anymore. Mm-hmm. And they make their way to the elevator and into the churchy space on like the bottom floor. And they spot Magnus and Luke sitting in a pew talking to each other. And then Luke's sister Amatis is also there. And Clary notes how she's dyed her gray hair brown, which seems pretty mundelicious, mundelicious to me. Mm-hmm. Like these crusty ass shadow hunters are picking and choosing what part of mundane tech and inventions they want to use. Right. Yep. Yeah. Preach. Like you, you can't get mundane surgery, but you can dye your hair, which right. I guess Isabel has makeup and stuff too. I mean, maybe that's what that counts on, but yeah, I don't know. It still does feel very hypocritical. Like, how are you mm-hmm. going to shun an entire society and then be like, but I'll pick and shoot? Well, I guess we have plenty of people who do that now, so never mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. I um, I always think of the people that do, like, you'll see these 
terrible newspaper articles, which I don't know if this is just our little spot of mm-hmm. the country that does it, but they have people that do like the face faith-based healing. And then sometimes they're in the news because something bad happens because a family member didn't get medical care. And they have and a like picture of those people the in the newspaper and the parents are wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. so you can get medical care for your eyes, but your kid can't because they had like sepsis. Seems right. a little mm-hmm. hypocritical. Right. That is very extreme to hair dye, but it's just giving like low key same vibe. Well, because it, because it underlies the, the hypocrisy, right? Like it's the same thing Mm -hmm. that we see in fucking America and you know, like it's when, when there's an undercurrent of that hypocrisy that like. You know, you go to church and then you go to the luncheon after church and everyone's gossiping about everybody, right? It doesn't make you feel safe. It makes you feel like, well, then what the fuck are we doing? If you're lying about one thing, you're lying about it all. Like, if you're going to sacrifice, you know, it it can't be, oh, the law is hard and the, you know, but it is the law and fucking we're all shadow hunter, no Monday all the time. (laughs) And then they're like... But except on Sundays, because we're really into fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where, I I lost the plot while I was fucking going. I know. It just seems some of the stuff, it's, I guess, like, there's no distinct definition on some of, because, like, Mm -hmm. we talked about, and obviously we're just, like, beating this dead. But every time it comes up, I like to just, in another thing. Yeah. It's like the culture and the balls and the women have to dress this way from, the infernal devices mm-hmm. to you know oh, Izzy can't watch TV and she doesn't know what anything is, but we can have cell phones even yeah. though we have fire messages and we it just. Yeah. I also think that there's a little bit, and this might be just me just making it, reading it in because you know how we do. This might be me mm-hmm. reading into it, but a little bit of a, a little bit of me is wondering if there is an underlying commentary on the difference between culture in Europe and culture in America and how that develops. Because I wonder if we visited the London Institute in this present day, if there was, if, if the same sentiments would be the way that they are in America, because we saw how heavily influenced the English shadow hunters were with, you know, regular English society, right? Like they followed all the same fucking rules. They were basically muggles with just, you know, whatever runes or whatever. So I wonder if we had seen America at that time, what the differences would be and see how they grew. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, It would be cool. All I can think is that you said muggles, and then I keep saying mm-hmm. Makusa in my head. Oh, and that dude, voice. same! <laughs> Makusa. It took me everything not to say that. Well, you just got to give in to temptation. You, you hear that thought in the back of your head that says, I would feel so much better if I Makusa. said that in this voice. You just go, like, lay and lean into it. Makusa. Lean into it. <laughs> lean back. Lean back. Okay. Okay, I have to, like, I also, I'm sorry, quick sidebar. I have to say this, and we might need to cut it. But anyway, I was really, like, going, for the last couple of years, I was going downhill with my my HP fandom, 
Like, I was, like, not feeling it because she ruined it. She ruined it all for me, and I was very Mm -hmm. angry. And so I was like, well, you're not getting any of my goddamn fucking money. You're not. I'm absolutely fucking not. You know, I was just mad. And But now I have, like, a beautiful place in my heart for fan fiction, which she doesn't get any of because no one makes any fucking money off of it. And then she fixes all the things. You know, everybody else fixes all the things she fucked up. It's great. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> my, my love has Yay. come back. So it's it's infiltrating my vocabulary, and I apologize. <laughs> Never stop. <sighs> not never stop apologizing. Never stop doing it. Yeah. Right. Let me not clarify you here. Do you even <laughs> care? Do you even feel anything? Do you even feel anything? I feel it all. Uh, just see, every time you say that, all I can think of is the beginning of that down with the sickness. It's like, can you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> just so you're aware. There's okay. Wrong. It is. It's with me too. Okay, so Magnus mm-hmm. makes a beeline for Alec. He sees he sees Alec, he goes for it. And then Izzy leaves to talk to someone that she must have recognized in the crowd, which, you know, leaves Clary alone. So she makes her way over to Luke and Amatis and she gets a hug from Luke and congratulations from Amatis on like winning her trial, basically. And Clary uses her peripherals. To scope out Magnus and Alec leaning into each other and looking all, like, coupley, which, of course, makes her peanut butter and jealous. But not in a completely immature way. She's genuinely happy for both of them, but she's missing her JC bear, okay? And Luke interrupts her internal monologue by saying Earth to Clary, which is a fucking top-tier dad joke. Yeah, it is. That is a chef's kiss dad <laughs> it joke. It really is. Okay? It really is, oh. yeah. And he tells her that her mother is dying to see her. And um, Jocelyn also wants to catch up to her future sister-in-law. So he was wondering if um, that sh- she would want to have dinner tonight. Like, Claire, you can even pick the rest the restaurant that you'd like Ooh. to go to. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, again, this is, it's happening. The gas has been lit, <laughs> has been poured. And so I'm going to. Do this quick snippet to praise the one true daddy of our Shadow Hunter universe, okay? <laughs> and he said, uh, "This is the quote from the book. It's not, it's not a quote as in someone's talking. It's an excerpt, as Kristen would say from the book." Mm-hmm. He was trying to hide the concern in his voice, but Clary could hear it. She hadn't been eating much lately, and her clothes had started to hang more loosely on her frame. And Luke is just a friggin' gem. J-E-M, G-E-M, pick your poison, whichever one you want to use. He's offering tangible help to her when she's vulnerable. And a conversation about her eating habits when she's feeling low could, like, easily end in an argument and, like, get them nowhere. It just, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. good parenting. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. come yep. on. A little round of applause. Yes, seriously. <laughs> in a circle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Clary responds to his invitation by saying that she's not really in the mood to celebrate, you know, because of the whole de-escalation of the search for Jacefer. And Luke tries to reassure her, but it's of little use. She's mm-hmm. not reassured. So she tells him that she wants to go to Takis with the Lightwoods so that way she can do something that feels normal. 
Then Luke folds money into her hand, which again, just iconic fucking dad status. Dad move. I actually got a picture of Omar giving Audrey money to go out with her friends for the first time. It was a moment for the parenting scrapbook, and it is just heart melting in this situation. I just, I'm into it. And then he tells her to promise that she'll eat something. Like, just promise me you'll eat. Like, I don't care what you do. And she does. She's like, okay. And then she kind of feels a twinge of guilt as she, like, half smiles and walks away from him. She's like, I won't. <laughs> oh, sure. Where I'm going, you don't want me to eat the food. I promise right? you that. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling so, me, though, that they didn't have, like, many sandwiches? They have robes, but they didn't have sandwiches? I mean, don't they know meeting? a meeting is an excuse for the company to pay for your food? That is why yes. you have Preached. the meeting in the first place? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It's literally the only reason why. Mm-hmm. So, Clary finds Izzy in the crowd, um, and she's by the doors talking to Aline Penhallow, and next to her his sorry, her hus, I said that weird, next to her is Helen Blackthorne, which we know because of Red Scrolls of Magic, but mm-hmm. Clary doesn't know who she is. And she does a beautiful job describing her. And this is where I was just basically Helen is also in a council robe. And this is where I was going to bring up like, why the fuck do I not remember these robes? Anyway, Helen is also in one. And Clary's walking in on the tail end of their conversation, which is about Gia um, and who's Aline's mom. And she's being like, she's the new council. And Izzy like makes awkward introductions, bringing us back to the Jace kiss and chain of Nope. City of Glass. <laughs> I put COG and my mind went to Chain of Gold. Sorry. And then um, she introduces Helen to Clary, telling her that Helen's parents run the LA Institute. And I know that was very clunky and I'm sorry. That's just how I wrote it. <laughs> Helen responds to this introduction by saying Valentine's daughter, which I think is pretty fucking rude, but whatever. Uh-huh. Like, dude, come on. And Clary tells her that she doesn't like to think about that. And Helen's like, yeah, I could see why. And then um, she blushes, which goes to show that she also probably thought it was fucking rude afterwards. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Helen says that um, she voted to keep the search for Jace as a priority. And she's sorry that her supporters were overruled. And Clary, like, thanks her and then turns the conversation to Aline, congratulating her mother on her appointment as consul. Speaking of parents in a position of power, Aline asks Izzy if her dad told her that he put his, like, name in the hat to be the new Inquisitor. Speaking Mm. of parents. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why he didn't come home. Mayhaps. Izzy is shy of surprise by the news. She tells her, no, she didn't know that. Aline also found the news surprising because she thought Robert was dedicated to running the New York City Institute. And um, she cuts herself off. Like, she's in the middle of this sentence. And she, like, cuts herself off telling Helen to go check in on her brother who's making a wax puddle. And Helen kind of mutters to herself about 12-year-old boys and then, like, heads over yonder to see what the fuck is going on. And so then Alec enters the chat, hugging Aline and asking if it was her girlfriend. And we get a little snippet that doesn't make sense having read Scrolls of Magic in the timeline, but for going in order that the books were written, I suppose, like, you can tell in instances like this that Red Scrolls kind of was an afterthought. 
and obviously was published later, so you wouldn't have had the information at the time. Um, but basically, Alec tells Aline, um, like, I heard, like, is that your girlfriend? I heard Fayblad ran in Helen's family, etc., etc., etc. And I'm not sure if this is canon knowledge in my head, again, or if we've potted about it. Like, I, I'm just not sure. So I'm just going to throw it out there and read the statement. And if we've already gone over the information, it's a review. Okay. <laughs> and it says, quote, Nephilim blood was dominant and the child of a fae and shadow hunter would be a shadow hunter as well. But sometimes the fairy blood could express itself in odd ways, even generations down the line. And they're basically referring to the fact that Ellen, sorry, Helen has pointed ears. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why she looks like oh, something looks different about her anyway. Shadowhunter blood's dominant, still have fake characteristics, even if it's from a long time ago. Canon. Don't know Canon. if we talked about it. I like it. Canon. Okay. So Aline takes a moment out like to thank Alec for kissing Magnus in the Hall of Accords because it gave her the courage to come out to her parents, which that's what it says in the book. I don't know if that's a term that is people like to use anymore so i'm sorry if it's dated and i'm using it what i don't know coming out so like um uh-huh i don't know i i um, haven't heard that that's not something we're supposed to say i just feel <laughs> like it's a very dated way of thinking because it's like you're oh you're just yeah. the way you are so i don't know i could yeah i could see that for sure it if it's dated it's not meant to be offensive it's just right what it's the verbiage in the book and i don't belong to your group and um <laughs> i support you but i don't want to be a dickhead basically oh my god i wish we had the video of that that was amazing robin i want you to know just, that your allyship means a lot to me thank you i just don't want to be a dick Okay, so she's thanking Alec for giving her the courage to come out to her parents, which in turn led her to Helen. So she's um, basically like if I like I, I met Helen, loved Helen. She's amazing, but I wouldn't have felt right dating her if like I hadn't had this discussion with my parents and you gave me the courage to do that. So thank you. And um, Alec is kind of taken aback. And this is in Clary's point of view, so we're not in his head, but he looks kind of like shocked at what she's saying. Mm-hmm. which Aline can tell too. So then she asks, she's like, oh, I, I'm sorry, like, if your parents aren't. And she kind of trails off. And before she's able to finish, Izzy cuts her off, saying that, like, they're fine with it, <laughs> by the by. And Aline kind of apologizes for bringing up big feelings when all the hullabaloo is going on with Jace. Yeah. And she's sure they're all tired of people saying stupid shit to them, but she wants uh, to tell them something. She goes in close, like for a secret, which is my fucking favorite. But secret it's not time. a secret. It's not. It's words oh. of encouragement. Boo. Which I guess are also helpful, but not what I was looking for. <laughs> not what anyone wants. <laughs> I know. So she tells them the story. It's basically her and Jace went on a horseback ride into Brosselin Forest and got <laughs> lost when they were younger. And Aline was like soup scared, but Jace never was. And he eventually did find their way out. And in his, in this moment, this memory, 
she can distinctly remember that like failing was not an option for Jace and she's positive that he's going to do the same thing and find his way back to his family. Hmm. I know. And the story makes Izzy's eyes kind of well with tears Mm -hmm. and Alec like looks down at his shoes and Clary's emotional thinking about Jace being young and lost. And I think in this moment, she's kind of like claiming the Lightwood siblings as her own. Like, I feel like this is what this device was for because mm-hmm. she can see basically they're both like have this really, I don't want to say visceral, but I can't think of another word kind of reaction to the information they just received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to stand in and like talk for them. And she ends up thinking Aline kind of on all three of their behalfs. And um, before it can get any more awkward, because emotions are awkward, um, Helen makes her way back over <laughs> with her younger, mischievous brother, Jules. And she tells Aline that they should leave because she needs to find Ty and Livy. And Jules tells her that they were eating wax and Helen like was like, oh, haha! I have six younger brothers and sisters. My life is Ew. chaos. Like it's a zoo. Yeah. And then Jules asks Alec and Izzy how many siblings they have, and Izzy is like really calmly says three. Ugh. And of course, everyone's kind of like, yeah, don't ask that question. I know. Mm-hmm. Which and- that is a question I would ask, and then immediately make it awkward because I realized that I asked that question. I know. Yeah. I know. And so Clary, of course, it doesn't look like a Lightwood. So it's kind of like this weird exchange. And he eventually ends up asking Clary how many siblings she has. And she says none. And Jules just cannot believe it. And then ask her if that's why she looks so sad because she doesn't have siblings. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, totes my goats. That's why I'm sad. And then she thinks about how much she hates Sebastian and she really wishes that he was never born. And that's how the chapter ends. And I just have to have this one little moment with you. Mm-hmm. I know this doesn't belong here, but I'm going to say it anyway. What a fucking weird way to write a 12 year old. My daughter is 12. Okay. I know how she sounds, and she doesn't have to fight demons or train for a battle. And I think Shadowhunter children would be more mature. But that seems like a conversation with, like, a toddler, like a four-year-old. Yeah. I agree. Like, what? Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be the based of thing. age at 17, and this kid's talking like that? Immediately, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, this is don't. just... Um, this is a, you know how we have fights sometimes? This is a uh-huh. fight, like, I cannot stand the way the younger children are written in these books. Mm-hmm. Like, it's awful. Well, it feels like they have to, even though it's only five years difference, they, she, like, she has to make it so they're in a different bracket, basically. So they're so much younger. Uh-huh. You know, that's they're why not. they're not in the group. and But they're not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they definitely wouldn't, my 12-year-old wouldn't be making a wax puddle. Right. At a council meeting. No. After mm-hmm. they've been trained with discipline and all this stuff Shadowhunter kids have to do. Yeah. Right. For sure. They'd know better. They would know better. And I will elaborate this on future books about which characters I'm specifically mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, right. this is a no from me, dog. Yep. You should know Preach. from my dog. 
Anyway, that is all. So, next week, <sighs> you got to read chapter two. It's called Thorns. Thorns? Thorns. Thorns. I, don't, I don't know why I had to say it like that. I'm sorry. Because you're letting it take like control. Corn. You just Corn, right? Everybody loves corn. Okay, you guys. <laughs> For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Um, bye. Bye. bye.